In three. Two, no. No. Nah, Countdown we was wrong. Already it. started. Do you reckon that the... Hell of a start. <laughs> Hell of a start. <laughs> we are machines. Would, oh, you, would oh, you suggest oh, would, that we are uh, yes. somewhat sentient AIs? Could be. In the vein of some kind of ultramoron? I'm definitely some sort of drone king. He's my <laughs> <laughs> you know who else was a drone king? Who? Fucking Ultron, old he mate. He was. He was. He was all about King of the, the drones. King, indeed. He had all cloney drones of himself <laughs> happening drones. to this mess up the Avengers. That movie should have been called Avengers <laughs> 2, Cloney Drones. Oh, yeah. Well, look, I would have gone to see it <laughs> anyway. So Exactly. With your fucking People's Liberation Front of genetic nah, you've ruined food. It. You've just ruined my terrorist cell. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I demand an apology oh, on well, behalf of... I apologise. Please don't sack me, SBS. <laughs> oh, topical. <laughs> Uh, do you feel like the Avengers are the modern day Anzacs? I, I don't want to get into that. You don't? No, because right. I'll put it on my social media account and get my ass kicked for it. <laughs> that makes sense. And that's not cool. So we went and watched Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. Which was exciting. At the cinema. We haven't been to see a level 30 movie. And by that, I just mean <laughs> yeah. a movie that we then talk about on the podcast. Not that we had a producer role or no. even directoring. Or <laughs> any form of contribution. Yeah. Other than sitting on our fat asses and uh, although I was going to say eating choc tops, but you missed out on your <laughs> choc top, which I uh, I decided against the choc top to instead uh, squeeze out a few drops at the lav <laughs> to try and go for like that third toilet stop before the end of the trailers in the hopes of an uninterrupted movie going experience. That's it. You don't want a pee break in the middle of a three hour Marvel saga. Yeah, and you don't want to get that you don't want the like to get out of a movie and someone goes, Oh, how'd you find it? I'm like, oh it was good. Until the last half an hour with the crescendo was just like a red haze of desperately needing to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and all I could hear was like the beating of my own heart up against my balloon like liver. <laughs> the liver's not where the urine lives, it's no, the bladder. It's not. I was going to say the beating of your own urethra. <laughs> does a urethra beat? I think if it does, you should see a doctor. Oh, man. There's your level 30 health advice, exactly. gentlemen. If you've got a beating urethra, oh, no, hang on. Ladies have a urethra as well. Yeah. It's just a di- I was thinking of the vast deference. <laughs> also, if that's beating, <laughs> definitely uh, a trip to the urologist, kids. If we're going to, I mean. And adults. Right. Well, we've got anybody. Yeah. Maintain good. Urine retract health. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Uh, take it for a man with one testicle. <laughs> You're going to want to just pay attention to that whole area and just keep it maintained. Indeed. Now, should we talk about the movie or should we continue talking about urethras? <laughs> I was going to say, we could now go into quite a lengthy cul-de-sac because we're on the Sack. precipice. <laughs> where, exactly. We could explore the... Because uh, like, we've said... If you're beating down there, yep. Like we could, we could make. <laughs> Didn't think of the double we, entendre. We could make masturbation jokes for a good eighty minutes. Oh, but look, I, I'm on board. I say we look each other in the eye, say not today, and we move on to an adult plane of existence. Sounds good. So this movie made me want a jacket, super. <laughs> uh, so we went and watched it. Getting old age of flog on. <laughs> It was so good. Uh, so we watched uh, the Avengers film. It's the second one. Yeah. I think we're both on record as saying the first one was super 100 mega legit super crazy balls amazing. Perhaps the greatest film of all time. It was It was pretty boss. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like that you don't want to side with my extremism on that. 
No, it's no. Cool. I just now, every time you make a big call, I'm scared of agreeing with it because I worry you'll say, ah, well, in three spots, I can now demonstrate that you are a fan of the drones. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Uh, a lot of hype around this, a lot of build yeah, up man. for us. Not, not that I want to get back into the <laughs> masturbation jokes or anything, but it was yeah. good to feel the sweet release of finally seeing this film. Well, because the first Avengers film was the culmination of all of those Marvel stuff. The yes. Sort of, yeah, the release after quite a, a long thing, sex joke. <laughs> uh, and also for us, like we, I think we talked about it at the time where the Avengers was the the rare thing which was a new thing which was this idea of tying all these movies together having that ensemble cast massive ensemble we were super excited but also just uh fascinated on if it was possible bit of trepidation yeah yeah because it's 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 fucking hard man to put all those characters if i was an avenger that's what i would be i'd be iron trepidation Quick, we've got to stop the bad guys. Should we, though? Yeah. Should we Should we stop and think about this a bit first, guys? Oh, I'm not sure if I want to get out of the Quinjet. <laughs> it works because you can still have repulsors in your hands. <laughs> but they just, like, push you back. Like, oh, no. Never mind. Uh, but Joss Whedon back then was just like, fuck yourself, I did it. And it was amazing. Yes. And arguably he may have done something very similar again this time. Yeah, yeah. I think my expectations were so high... Uh, because of how successful the first one was, and you can't help but go like, oh, well, they nailed it last time. Even this one, which is arguably more difficult, uh, surely they'll just piss it in again. It's much more difficult because you've got such a huge cast. Mm. Uh, you've got established characters that you've got to give a bit of screen time to. Yeah. But then you've also got to establish new characters, both on the goody side and the baddie side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, theoretically seed a bunch of stuff for the next, what they're calling, wave yeah. <laughs> of Marvel films. Well, try, I don't know why that was so funny. It's probably <laughs> the way you said wave. Wave. Uh, while also trying to be just a sort of uh, exciting film in yeah. its own right and a bit of a tent pole amongst tent poles. Indeed. Like if, this, if Marvel was a big, big top, you'd have all those poles that keep it up, but you've still got that big fanging one in the middle where the trapeze hangs from. And that's this film. That's the Avengers. It is the trapeze pole of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Review over! Marvel, you can use that on the poster. <laughs> well, it hasn't launched in the US yet. There's still time. Oh, trapeze pole. Could happen. It's going to be a thing. What do you think of it, though? Look, oh, man, it's... I feel like we should maybe go through and, and talk about some of what happens in the movie and try to keep it a little bit spoiler-free up to that point where we just stop giving a damn. Yeah, at which point we'll go, we'll do this. Spoilers, spoilers, whoop, whoop, spoilers, spoilers, whoop, whoop, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> this, is, this is just a drill, people. This is just a drill. Do not be alarmed. This is like when, have you ever been in a meeting at someone else's office yes. and the, the fire alarm yep. goes off? And the one in your office, you're sort of used to it, mm. so you sort of know the rhythm, and you just and you you're, you're aware of it. But you go to a strange office, and it f- and I don't know if it does or not, but it certainly feels like it goes for eighty minutes. Yeah, and you're only ever there because you're in the middle of a meeting, so you're just awkwardly staring at somebody while they're like this voice like, "Hello, there's a fire. This is just a drill. Don't worry about it." It's just <laughs> as bad as when your friends like, "Could I play you my demo tape?" And you just got to look at them <laughs> awkwardly for four minutes while they're like. Searching your face for emotion. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Pretty close to home. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, 
we open on Avengers fighting everyone. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, uh, it was a good opening. It was, and we had <laughs> back to yeah, masturbation. Yeah, I got it there. Yeah. Well, we had the bet beforehand about what the opening scene would be because we were trying to figure it out, and we'd seen so much footage in the trailers. Mm. Fair to say, neither of us even remotely close <laughs> to the mark. <laughs> yeah, I thought that it was going to open with the Hulk, Hulkbuster thing, just because that was so pervasive that I thought, oh, they must be. Just sharing, and the I first can't even scene. remember what I thought it was going to open with. You said it was going to be like a. You, I think you said constellation of tits. I don't. I don't <laughs> believe those were my <laughs> words at all. Oh well, I may be misremembering, but it's a great opening because it it just sort of. I, I think they can skip all the the setup stuff now because they assume. Oh well, you know who everybody is. Yeah. So what if we just show them bearing down on Baron von Strucker's castle? Just kicking some ass. Everybody doing their thing, throwing shields around, swinging a big hammer in a robot suit. Bloody, oh, you've got a bow and arrow. Well done. (laughs) Well, and it's good to... Black Widow got to show off a new LED enhanced suit. Which I liked. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Jumpsuit. Because the the last one finishes with them all sort of going their separate ways. And I like that, especially in the environment where there's been like three movies in between this one and that one. Yes. It doesn't pick up after that they've sort of given away this idea that there's like you can just jump into avengers 2 mm. having not seen anything if it if it segues out of anything and look speaking as a segue subject matter expert yeah. uh, <laughs> it does segue a little bit out of winter soldier because you are confronted with the whole oh shields fallen down let's go and hunt the remaining people of hydra but at the same time like you said it didn't lean too heavily on the mm. movies that have come between the first avengers and and this yeah, you've kind of got Captain America and the Avengers are telling the main spine narrative of the Marvel Universe while mm. Thor pops in from, like, wanking around in heaven. And the Guardians of the Galaxy is sort of establishing... You see that in this one. It's starting to establish the Infinity Gem stuff. So it's all going to tie together. But at the moment, yeah, it's the the main status quo thing. It picks up after Winter Soldier where S.H.I.E.L.D. gets destroyed and, and all that sort of whiz-wham. Yeah, Uh, And it's nice to be able, given that the last one was sort of the origin story of the Avengers, it's nice to pick up and you at least get that nice, clean, exciting scene at the beginning where you see them working as a really well-oiled machine. They sort of find their their camaraderie and their, uh, that thing where you work really well together. It's true. (laughs) They're mojo. We'll call it mojo. Teamworkfulness. That's what I can do. Marvel mojo. Mojo. Uh, And you get... You immediately feel comfortable again that Joss Whedon's written it and it's just really snappy, like they're all paying each other out. The characters feel really lived in. He's got a really nice... He's the, he's the person who most exploits the sort of the, the backstories of these characters, I think. Like yeah. He's always got a really nice vein of humour, like exploiting the fact that Captain America is effectively like an 80-year-old man mm. uh, and that Tony Stark's really an asshole and all this. Like He's got really good handles on how these guys live and, and operate and it really informs like the dialogue and the action, which yeah. I really dig. Yep. And then we – I think you get the advantage of Marvel's trademark, oh, there's a scene after the credits type of thing because you also, while you're seeing this battle take place out the front of uh, Baron Strucker's castle, mm. you sort of get that you've got uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver there introed, but you don't have to do this big setup because you can just assume – Oh, everyone watched the 30 seconds at the end of uh, the last movie. Um, 
Was that at the end of Avengers or was that at the end of something else? That was at the end of Winter Soldier, wasn't it? I think it was the end of Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. So you just sort of jump in and and meet them without too much explaining and then they get to get out and get amongst the action Mm. fairly quickly and they're uh, they're pretty angry. Angry pair of kids. I liked the... Little Olsen and Aaron Watts-Hoover. I think (laughs) he's got Taylor in his name. No relation. Uh, good to clarify. Yeah, there was well, a lot of confusion on the internet. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, there was a whole subreddit dedicated to whether <laughs> I was in fact related to Quicksilver. Don't Google it. It's probably gone. Not, yeah, not, yeah, not been de- making it up. Would have been deleted off the internet. Yeah, yeah. By Jarvis. Yeah. Spoiler. I had a girlfriend when I was six, but she was from away. You wouldn't have met her. Yeah. It was in the holidays. <laughs> uh, I quite liked the... The use of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in this, and that they were sort of supporting characters, they they were they were a big deal, and they were cool, and their powers were done really well. Um, but yeah, there was not. I like if you are going to have this big shared universe. I like the idea to pull characters in quickly, sketch out who they are. Not everyone has to be a huge antagonist protagonist thing. Yeah, they're not the focus of the movie in in by any means, yeah. but. They still help their their story helps to drive the rest of what's what's mm. happening, which is cool. And they sort of end up with a nice deal of agency through the thing, and then are positioned at the end to sort of uh, further cement their bloody thing. They're going to be in it again. It's cool. Some of them are. Some of them. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> it moves quickly, but uh, I really dug that. I liked the use of sort of the core ensemble, although I wanted more of them. I think. I wanted more of like the top three, like Iron Man, Captain America and Thor, but I think that's just because they were so entertaining. And you couldn't have more though, otherwise we would have been sitting through a seven and a half year movie. Yeah, I'm cool Um, with that though, I'm cool (laughs) with it. (laughs) Because it was huge. Um, Mm. I think one of the things they did really well, and I've seen a lot of people complaining because the internet exists. That's true. uh, That are the origin of... Joker's got a tattoo on his head, what a fucking arsehole. Outrageous. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) I'm keeping in mind that we've said we're not going to edit this. Yeah, we've made a huge mistake. Yep. Tit bum wee. Epic fail. Yeah, boy. Uh, but a lot of people have complained that the origin of Ultron is not the same as the comics. But for fuck's sake, Boo it's not fucking the comic. who, losers? <laughs> Suck it up. It's a cinematic Marvel piece. Yeah, can I say, now and forever. Say it. You can, this is our show. We do whatever the, say whatever the hell we you want. want. We're the kings of everything. Like That's some right. kind of Ultron. Excuse me while I lubricate with some tang. <laughs> This is not a mouth-related thing. <sighs> so, that complaint, which comes up every fucking time, yes. is infuriating because it's dumb as shit. Like, the, the power of these movies and the, the strongest stuff that they've done is to be able to pull from this enormous fucking wealth of stories and character beats. And they've effectively got this amazing story engine that over the last 60 years has been able to distill these characters down into like their key fucking things. And they've been able to go, oh, well, here's five types of story that work with these characters really well. We're only going to make five movies. So let's smush them all together into five bloody movies. Ultron's a cool idea. We don't have Hank Pym in it, so we'll just change it a bit to make it Tony Stark because that works really well with his fucking characterization in the thing. It's... Really good. It's a good Take a way breath. of doing it. And I've read the comics anyway, so why do I need to see the comics just repeated on screen when exactly I can get this? right. Like it's so a, right. It's such a good result. Oh, I don't is, know why people are so mad. There is so much rightness in this room right now. <laughs> it's like I'm overwhelmed. It's like people talking about 
and it's even, it's got worse since they said that Spider-Man would come back into the Marvel Universe. But people saying, oh, well, the Civil War movie is not going to work because how are they going to do it without Spider-Man? I'm like, because they will take the essence of that story, which is that Captain America and Tony Stark fall on opposite sides of a sort of uh, debate and that it breaks out into violence and the, the politics take over and destroy a friendship and it's hard to tell who's right and who's wrong and stuff and that's got good allegories to fucking politics and stuff. That's a really good strong God. storytelling engine. You're on a rampage tonight, It doesn't sir. all have to be Spider-Man going, oh, I've got a Mary Jane or whatever. Oh, my, my aunt's been shot. Oh, well, the devil will take it back. Oh, but my wedding's gone. Like, that bit was not good. <laughs> no one wants to see that on the fucking telly. Sorry to anybody who has no idea what you're talking about. I'm very sorry. Hashtag um, read every comic since I was born. So, just before we get on to the Civil War thing, because yeah. that's, that sort of plays a part in this as well, the Ultron origin I thought was cleverly done given that they didn't have access to Hank Pym, a.k.a. Ant-Man, to do the Ultron creation piece. Yeah. And I think that's one of those nice little beats where Scarlet Witch is sort of indirectly involved in the creation of Ultron because she mm. messes with Big Tones' mind. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, right, well, well, we'll save the thing. And then we've got the scepter that Loki had in the last film. And yeah. we'll use a bit of that to do some stuff as well and use that to drive the story. There were a lot of things pushing the, or trying to push this story yeah, forward I think, and and a lot of interconnection. I'd love to see somebody do a fairly typical mystery solving movie type scene where they plot it all out on a whiteboard <laughs> and draw lines between everything because I think it would be very very complicated. I think it's fun knowing the. So we should say for the the elevator pitch synopsis of the film is that. Like, it opens with the Avengers trying to shut down Hydra, which is your miscellaneous evil people. Yep. Bad guys. And they're trying to reclaim Loki's scepter, which Hydra took. Staff of a bad guy. At the Magical end powers. of the first one. Yes. Uh, they get it. Win. In the process, their brains get all kablooied. Oh, bad dreams. And they have... Uh, Tony Stark particularly has a vision of Armageddon. Which is his fault. And uh, his vision. this encourages him to have a good old crack at his latest idea, which is to create an artificial intelligence. Ultron! His idea, it's his age. Yeah. <laughs> his idea is to create like endless suits of mechanised armour that this AI can control, similar to the sort of like an, a Maxi Bond version of the uh, climax of Iron Man 3 where he's got an army of Iron Men. So he wants to create like an AI that has a mechanised police force so the Avengers can basically sit back and roll fat blunts trying to lift the hammer for the rest of their lives. Protect the world while retired. Indeed. Uh, and the way... But he's not able to do it because there's not the technology but they discover that Loki's scepter has something in it which has what is effectively a super advanced AI thing in it and they try to bond that to the AI that they'd created. Let's use that. What could possibly go wrong? And it goes very wrong. The proverbial shit hits the proverbial fan. And basically <laughs> it all comes together really well in a sort of Cyberdyne-esque moment where this AI is born, it inhabits one of Tony's old suits but it immediately makes the leap from, well, I need to protect uh, Earth... The only way to do that is to create peace. The only way to do that is to eliminate humanity because we are not very peaceful people. Uh, and then the movie sort of... That's Hilarity the that drives ensues. The story. Now, worthwhile pointing out... Sorry to interrupt. No, no. James Spader as the voice and sort what of... Boss. The mocap type actor behind yeah. Ultron. Freaking amazing. Amazing. 
absolutely awesome. He was really good. He was great. And there was a bit, and I think I mentioned this to you as we walked out of there, there's a bit where Ultron actually does the lip curl thing <laughs> that James Spader does when he talks. Yeah. And it was this fantastic moment where I was watching this computer-generated robot on screen and he did that and I went, oh, it's Spader. <laughs> it was so well done. The voice, he's got that sort of calm confidence yeah. and – but still with that kind of sneering, snarky tone. And then when he snaps and goes off his face, which he does a couple of times in this, um, you really kind of sit up and take notice because he has got that very smooth voice when he's talking in a calm way and then yeah. rockets up the emotion chart into super robot rage. Oh, it's a really fantastic performance. Like whoever – I was talking to Twin Nick the other day yeah, and like – uh, on top of everything else that the Marvel films get right, whoever casts Marvel shit, I imagine there's one person, an Ultron-like being, just sitting in some office somewhere whose job is to cast every Marvel thing. It's MODOK. Yeah, it's fuck <laughs> MODOK. Uh, because they're just nailing it. Like, between this and Daredevil and Guardians of... Like, everything that comes out, regardless of anything else, you're just like... Stemming all the way back from like the original bloody, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man and everyone's just like, oh, of course. Like the the casting is so good. Yes. And yes, yeah, Spader's performance is – you forget that he's like a, a nine-foot-tall robot, you know, because mm. he just he behaves. He's got so much character. Yeah. And it makes him uh, just really engaging. And like the villains are really – are not Marvel's strong point. Like Loki is – Far and away the best one, mm. um, partly because it's just the weight of screen time that he's had, but partly because he is a character in his own right. Like he's introduced as like an equal to Thor that's a dark mirror and blah, blah, blah. Like he's got his own, you know what he's up to. Yep. Whereas most of the villains are in the background, which I'm cool with because I want to like, mo- like especially. I'm not because I love bad guys. Yeah. But if you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, like there's just no time in that movie to really build the villains into anything. Yep. Uh, and we talked at the end about how, uh, you know, Brolin playing Thanos, like that guy's uh, attention his, and excitement is generating ratio towards how much he's actually had to do. Like he's basically sat in a chair and said three things. Is that about a max of ten minutes of screen time and yeah. everyone's going <laughs> spastic for it? So Ultron, I, you know, I wanted more time with Ultron, but it's a testament to how good that performance was and the writing of his like – ideology that he's able to get across in sort of the relatively short amount of time that he had that I was like he was one of those really good villains where you're like you like he's a villainous asshole mm. but he really uh you could under, you could identify with his point of view you could believably think that he thought he was doing the right thing I think you're preaching to the choir son <laughs> it's like I'm all over that it's, it's like, like somehow the world became be self-aware yeah the like, world would be a better place what a lovely thing just saying I've been right all of this time <laughs> But I think, because like in the comics, Ultron has a similar origin, as you know, but he's created by Ant-Man, yep. who does not exist as yet in the Marvel Universe. And that character will be remixed a bit when he eventually arrives. But mm. Hank Pym, Ant-Man, in the comics creates Ultron with a similar um, desire to create like an AI to, to help humanity. Saving the world. But he directly patterns the AI off of his own brainwaves. Mm. So the the sort of tragic heart of that story is always that 
you know, this creature that's sort of his son but is effectively him becomes so villainously awful. And Hank Pym is a, is a, a really... sad. Yeah, he's like a flawed character that has like domestic violence and confidence issues and stuff. And that's a really big part of his story. And so Ultron is a really big manifestation of that where he's like, is you this... Have I... In, in putting my brain into something and freeing it from humanity, is it... A distorted version, which is just fucked up because it's fucked up, or is this what I'm actually is like? This if the I pure was ever, version, if I could just be honest with myself, you get a little bit of that in this film as well, because he has a little bit of the 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 egotistical side of Tony Stark mm. as well. He's sort of birthed in a little bit of a little bit of that. Well, that's why I think this is such a good. Uh, it's a good tick in the plus column for that idea of not just slavishly reproducing comic stories on screen. Yep. Like, I'd love to see that whiteboard as well where the writer, like, the writer's gone, all right, we want Ultron and we know why that story is compelling. So how do we build it out of the pieces that we have and how does it help our characters? Yep. And that decision to make it Tony Stark's thing, to torture Bruce Banner by being an accomplice, to bring Tony Stark brings that similar thing of like, oh, I just want to help, but am I actually like a weapons-dealing asshole magnet? <laughs> uh, like, it's really good. Yeah. I liked it. So did I. Tops. So, progressing along through this story, we, do, 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 we do. get the, uh, the seeds of the Black Panther movie because Ultron leads us on a merry chase to Wakanda. Yeah, I liked in our – so, we were in a packed cinema on opening night and um, there's a scene where – so, uh, Ultron steals all this metal and Bruce Banner's like, oh, it's called uh, Vibranium – Vibranium, and as soon as he says it, like there's there's obviously like Olympic level nerds at the back, super and, like, geek fest. Half the cinema's like, because it was cool. <laughs> it was cool when a word that you've only ever spoken in your own brain at mm-hmm. home in your underoos under a doona, and on the doona's a sign that says "Stay out, world, stop bullying me at PE." And then suddenly <laughs> you go to a cinema that Hollywood made, and there's a guy turns around and goes, "Vibranium." You're like, "Fuck, maybe I'm gonna." Like be president one day. Holy <laughs> fuck! <laughs> you can do anything. Yeah, yeah. If so you just cool. believe in yourself. So you got that. You got um, Andy Circus as Ulysses Claw, mm-hmm. which was again slightly less of a cheer when people realised what was going on there when he got his arm ripped off. Zap! Whoopsie. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. You would think so. And then uh, that's that's the bit because originally uh, earlier on, Stark's the only one who gets the bad vision. Scarlet Witch messes with him. Mm. It's not until they wind up uh, Uh, chasing down the vibranium that she goes after the rest of them and Thor has this crazy vision, cameo appearance from uh, Heimdall, which was awesome. Yeah, ma'am. Idris Elba. He's a good-looking piece. So she sort of messes with everyone just because she's a bit of a nasty pasty. Yeah. And then she decides she wants to go after the big one Mm -hmm. and gets inside Hulk's head, which leads us to that awesome scene where... Sorry, not Hulk's head, Bruce Banner's head. They're like two separate people. That's right. And then he just hulks out and goes on a bit of a rampage around Wakanda, which looks alarmingly like parts of South Africa. <laughs> and Surprisingly, <laughs> couldn't shoot on location in the uh, fictional town of Wakanda. <laughs> uh, and that's when Big Tones has to pull out the, uh, the Hulkbuster armour and... Epic smashing the shit out of everything times ensues. It's pretty boss. It's a humongous, that's a, a huge set piece. And I think they captured the scale of it really well. This gigantic yeah. green monster battling a dude in a purpose-built 
gigantic suit of armour, you know, yeah. deliberately that's kept on a satellite in <laughs> orbit just so they can shoot it down into the atmosphere when he needs to take out giganto green rage monster guy. I really uh, enjoyed that. So many debris. And it was a good example of the thing that these Avengers films are good at, which is uh, just really inventively uh, presenting the action. Yeah. Because it should be it should be boring, given that in this movie there's probably forty five minutes of like heavy CGI whack a moles. <laughs> um, like Man of Steel gets like is an example of how to do it poorly. Do to harken to, back to our first episode, do we have to keep coming back to that show? We do. Mm. Fucking snap sod's neck. What a fuckwit. <laughs> Jesus. Have you seen that YouTube video going around where someone just turns up the saturation on Man of Steel a little bit and suddenly it's not a shitter movie? No. Like they just turned it up so that Superman's costume actually has red and blue in it and suddenly you're watching it and go, oh, I like Superman. Instead oh. of just being like, fuck, I'm depressed. What a mad downer. Anyway. I'll have to get on that. But like the Hulkbuster thing where he like, uh, so you I know. think Kevin Costner was fairly saturated by that, uh, <laughs> that water. Just saying. Don't do it, Clark. Don't save anyone, Stay especially the closet, a dog. son. That's right. Always be ashamed, mm. you <laughs> alien freak baby. I found you in the rain. Never loved you. Uh, wow. Probably went a bit too far. Probably. Uh, but yeah, like Iron Man has to fight Hulk, and so he uses the Hulkbuster. Like, that's a cool idea, the Hulkbuster armor, and we've seen it in the comics, and as soon as like you and I saw it, we're like... <laughs> but just the, the Veronica, fun of it. Veronica calls it. Yeah, yeah. They call it Veronica. Uh, it lives in space and it's like armor on his armor. And, and it's a satellite like, controlled by Jarvis. Yeah, yeah. Mention that. And it's, um, you know, it's, its hands retract to become cages for the Hulk's hands and become pneumatic punch machines. And he does the... And punches Hulk in the face. It was great. It's, uh, I squealed a little bit. It's just really well just, done. Just inside myself. And it's like their powers are really thought through, which is a little thing, but... Uh, well, not only are their individual powers thought through, but the way that they can use their powers together to do stuff is really well thought through. And I think that helps build that concept of this is not about a bunch of individuals anymore. This is a team. And you yeah. see Thor, you know, smash uh, Cap's shield, which sends a shockwave and messes everybody up. And so good. Stuff like that. Um but and then the like the the Hulk versus Hulkbuster thing is really cool and just like a super geeky mega action thing. But it's also sort of a linchpin in that in the Hulk's arc through the story where uh, and it's easy to forget, I think, and he mentions it afterwards where he's like, the world has seen Hulk for the first time properly. Like in this Avengers continuity, um, this is like the first time that like all the eyes of the world have seen the Hulk just go, you know what? I just hate everyone and I'm going to smash a whole town. <laughs> like he was obviously deep, like probably quite visible in the battle for New York thing, but he was quite heroic in that. Like he was yeah. only killing the aliens. And in this one, he's just like, he's hey, gone a bit off the rails. Hey, we're having a bit, of, bit of a tough day. Fuck your building. <laughs> Fuck your building. And uh, so, yeah, it sort of informs his descent into a bit of a bit of a depression. I like the way Ruffalo really sort of played up the, that remorse, that inescapable remorse that, that Bruce Banner has about the actions of the Hulk because mm. he's sort of – sometimes he's sort of in control and then other times he's not and he's got – I think we're probably at a point where I can say spoilers. Spoilers. Um, but he's got, a bit of a, he's got a bit of a romance going with uh, Black Widow. Yeah. And he's – 
he's really in the mold of uh, iron trepidation there. <laughs> Repulse is engaged. He doesn't want to get into that in case he sort of hurts her. Um, and I think that's, you know, an emotional thing. And also what happens if you turn into a giant <laughs> green dude while you're having a bit of a snuggle. I wondered if you were going to go there and well, you what, did. Well, no, I didn't make it dirty. I said a bit of a snuggle. That's right. I didn't say what happens if his giant green <laughs> cock Splits the poor woman in two yes. Did I? No you didn't We'd edit that out if we were going to edit this episode But we're not, but we're, not. Uh, we're not the ultimate victims of that <laughs> I quite like how Because uh, Black Widow Is a character that keeps getting more interesting Oh and, she's so good in this and, She's uh, so good And Joss Whedon does really excellent work with her In the Avengers film particularly And I think part of it is that He allows her to be Uh Quite vulnerable in yep. places like in this one, you know, she's she's actively pursuing uh, a sort romance. of romance with Bruce Banner. In the first one, there was like when the Hulk hulked out and she was properly terrified. Yeah, like it allows her. And, and in the midst of that, she's also having her flashbacks about when she was at the ballet school that was just you know covertly sterilizing young girls and turning them into masterful assassins. Yeah, yeah, which has got to mess with your head. Which is just that, a wee bit. Is that the same sort of? Uh, Assassin Girl Factory that's in Agent Carter. Yes. Then that's wonderful as well. Because nerdy continuity hashtag nerds. Glad you mentioned that. Um, but because she's, she's hands down fucking like a super elite assassin death machine who's yeah. hard as nails and amazing. Who's now got blue LEDs in a suit. That's right. And like weird why batons and stings and shit. Yeah, she's hardcore. Scarlett Johansson's frigging amazing as, as Black she Widow really as well. She really is. And brings a really nice dementiality to the thing instead of just being a standard... Uh, it's a girl kicking. with boobs in a tight suit who kicks people. Yeah, she's a bit more than that. She is. She's a lot more than Wonderfully that. Wonderfully so. And this movie, you can feel uh, Joss Whedon actively making the decision to prioritize the characters that a don't have their own films and b didn't get a lot of time in the last one. Like Hawkeye is really well developed in this. It's got a family. Yeah. Spoilers. Black Widow mm. is yeah gets flashbacks mm. to her life and that sort of thing. Uh, it's cool. It is. I really dug it. Yeah. He said in the uh, middle of a conversation. Civil War stuff. Like we, we sort of started to touch on that before, but you, you get the seeds of that. So they all, uh, after the humiliating Scarlet Witch has been in their, uh, in their brains and stuff, they go and hang out at Hawkeye's family farm <laughs> uh, where they bump into Sam Jackson and yep. sort of figure out what they're going to do in the future. And you, you get that really sort of strong piece there where they're out chopping wood and Tony Stark and Captain America are, are arguing with each other about mm. stuff and it sort of sets up that idea that they're two people that are on the same team but have fairly different ideals in relation to, to how stuff should happen and what it means to be a hero and all of that sort of malarkey. Well, and it starts setting it up really well, I think, given that in the comics, the civil so in the comics, the Civil War story was about the Superhero Registration Act. Like after a particularly devastating superhero fight, where some villains and some teenage heroes had a fight at a public school and blew it up and murdered all these children accidentally. Whoopie day! Uh, the government decides that all superheroes need to officially register with the government to maintain some sort of control over the thing. And part of this would be revealing their identities Uh to the government. Can't be a good idea. And Tony Tony Stark is in favour of this because he's like, well, we've got to do something because people keep dying. Uh, And look, 
if if we do this, we throw the government a bone, and if we don't do this, they're going to hunt us down and put us in prison. Whereas Captain America's just like, uh, bloody stars and stripes, freedom, go fuck yourself. Uh, we're heroes. We don't have to do any of that shit. Civil liberties, free speech, blah 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 blah. blah. Put that on Twitter. Got fired from SBS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're the real heroes. But the the main flaw in that is that I think sort of the main miniseries tried to suggest that um, Tony Stark was in the right, but every other comic involved, you could transparently feel that the writer, probably because, let's face it, like comic book writers are probably the same as journalists where they tend to be left-wing, hippy-dippy fucking nut jobs. <laughs> so pretty much every author of that story was sort of passively siding with, like they had real trouble trying to empathise with what Tony Stark was doing. Yeah, His comic... Uh, did some good stuff in suggesting that he was a like a futurist and a pragmatist and he was super intelligent and so he could see that this was the only way out of a greater cataclysm to come. Um, but Captain America just has a really good point in that. Like it's yeah. like because we sort of because as the reader, like you know that it's fucking superheroes. Like they're superheroes. So they're good people, you know? So I think that scene where in the in this film where Captain America and Iron Man are chopping wood and they're um, enunciating their points of view where Tony Stark's like, isn't the point to do everything we can to save the world up to and including inventing like Terminators? Yay! Oh, sorry. I wasn't supposed to cheer at that. <laughs> that was the bad part. And Captain America's like, uh, you know, inf- you know, very smartly informed by being like a World War II fucking hero thing. Whereas like, any time someone's tried to fight a war preemptively, it's gone very badly. Yep. And he's actually fought in the fucking world war. Like, he's probably a bit more like, war's not actually great. It's been around the block. Yeah. Old cat. Uh, I think the the other thing about that scene, which sort of talks to the the overall tone of this movie, is that that's quite a serious conversation that they're having. Mm. And yet they still manage to punctuate it with some humorous bits, like where Captain America rips the log in half with his bare hands. (laughs) And then when Tony walks off and he's like, don't touch my pile of wood. Um, But it doesn't... Which is noticeably half the size of Captain America's. But it doesn't take away uh, from the the gravitas or the magnitude of that conversation that they're having Mm. and what you know that's sort of going to lead up to in the the next Captain America movie. Yeah. Uh, It is really feeling like just straight up comic book craziness now. Like this movie, um, you could not just watch... Even if you watched... It's even eschewed that traditional thing where you could just watch The Avengers and then watch The Avengers 2. Like this movie does not continue on from its predecessor. Yeah, you need to get a bit more uh, info in your head hole. And I'm just... I don't know. Like I want to have a bit... Like an analytical bit in my brain that's like, oh, oh, that's dangerous. Will that turn off audiences? But I'm like, no, fuck it. Who cares? It's awesome. If you don't like it, don't go and see it, you yeah. bunch of jerks. The way that is, Marvel's creating this big, like, for me to be so geeked out about this um, enormous shared universe and bringing all that in and it's cool and stuff, this is the thing. You end up with a movie like this, which starts, uh, it follows on from 400 movies and at the end is setting up another 400 movies and stuff. Mm. Like, you. You lose a certain amount of fidelity at either end of this story. Um, because it's it's not meant to exist, I don't think, on its own in isolation. It's, mm. it's you know, we keep saying the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's what they're really fleshing out here is, is yeah. a universe. So. And whereas the first Avengers was very much a capstone, 
with that mm-hmm. tiny bit. Capstone, oh. Captain America. Well done. Well uh, done. Thank you. I'll pay that. Intentional. Yeah. Not. Um, yeah, and it really had a good bulk. No, oh, no, no, you've ruined it. Uh, and, oh, you've man, Iron. Nah, nah let's let it go. But, like, the first one had, like, it didn't have, it didn't start with a beginning, but it ended on quite a sort of, like, it was the culmination of everything up until that point. Yes. You could see the wave was much more distinct in that if the Avengers was the end, it would have been a good end, you know, like it would have finished everything off, basically. Yeah. And then you had the after credits scene, which alluded to it, but it was very much more final. Whereas this one is, like, much more confident that they're going to carry on. And so you end, like, you sort of... Given they've published an eight-year roadmap. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, so you sort of, you you have a self-contained narrative in this thing, but there's heaps of stuff flowing in and out of this film where, like, I saw a good thing, like, you know those weird articles, like, 15 questions about this movie or 10 things you didn't know about this. And this was the first one. And usually they're like, did you notice that in the background there was a blah, blah, blah? And ve- those articles are mostly shit. Yep. The thing that struck me about this one, this is one I hadn't seen before. It was like 15 questions about Avengers 8 of Ultron. And they were all, almost all of them were like, so what did they mean when they said this? And what was this all about? And blah, 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 blah. Like it was all just explaining concepts that were raised that came from for people that had not seen previous yeah. Marvel movies. And I'm a bit tone deaf to that because I'm fucking obsessed with them. Yes. But they were like, one of them was like, who's that guy with the wings in the end? And it's like you get one shot of a dude who's wearing wings and you, they're like, he shows up at the party and says hello to Captain America and then he's in the last scene and they make a big deal. But who the fuck is that guy? And I'm like, oh, yeah. If you hadn't seen Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier arguably a separate was. narrative stream, then you wouldn't get essential backstory to this stuff. Yeah. And the status quo, like you finish Avengers 1 with S.H.I.E.L.D. fucking with like 400 heli carriers, like changing the world and stuff and in this one like Samuel L. Jackson kind of looks like a fucking hobo mm. <laughs> so he manages to get a, a helicarrier back at the end and yeah, it's all yeah. like yeah yeah the, we're back in town for the rodeo I like it Vision uh, different origin for Vision in this as well yep uh, thoughts big fan happy I, I really enjoyed Vision Paul Bettany bit of a ledge it was nice to get him i like that paul bettany having appeared in like fucking almost every marvel film as jarvis yes it's nice to get him as a character and i thought he did really good work humanizing the vision who's an android uh we won't won't give away i think maybe we haven't really spoiled too much yet uh and maybe we don't maybe we do this as a thing where we go, the, you know, the origin of Vision is a little bit different. It's Paul Bettany. It's not Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's tied into Thor. Mm. It's tied into uh, the Infinity Wars. It's tied into the whole Black Panther, Wakanda, Vibranium thing. Um, it's, you know, Ultron's grand plan gone wrong. Yeah. Um, I like, there's a mo- I won't spoil it, but there's a moment that establishes why Vision is trustworthy. Yes. Which is like one of the, like just the funnest, like clapping my hands like a toddler, like what a fun idea thing that I've seen in a Possibly Marvel one film. of the greatest moments ever caught on film. <laughs> yeah, Caught on film, yeah. <laughs> Someone just wandered in and luckily managed to capture that historic moment on celluloid. <laughs> luckily it wasn't lost to the ages. Exactly right. Uh, but Vision is, he's, uh, he's introduced pretty late in the game. So you almost just get sort of a tantalising... Uh, 
like I hope to see him in many more films because you sort of he just sort of gets introduced and set up and there's there's not a lot of time spent with him. But what you do get I'll be interested to get more uh, the nerd in me wants to establish what his fucking power set is and stuff in mm. the cinematic world because you sort of get this illusion that he's operating on a power level far in excess of the rest of the fucking Avengers and it'll be interesting to see if that is uh, destabilising or how they do with that We do stuff. see him put his hand inside somebody. <laughs> yeah, but that's a big deal. Not in a sexual way. And he does manage to melt quite a few people with the old face laser. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's a stone-cold boss and he's yeah. a good... All the characters that are... There were no characters that came into this that I thought were shit-ass. Hmm. Quicksilver in this versus Quicksilver in X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, they're is, just serving so much different... Uh, yes, but you have to choose function. one that you like more. <laughs> it's the rules. I think, look, it is hard to go past just that fucking tour de force scene in uh, Days of Future Past. Mm. Like that Quicksilver. And it's, it's hardly even fair because he, com- in, he comes into Days of Future Past, has one scene which establishes him as the coolest thing in the movie, and then he fucks off because he doesn't want to fucking be on a plane. Yeah. So... All of his awesomeness is sort of condensed into one thing. The, the bit in this that came so close to that was when uh, they're in Wakanda and fl- fighting against uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's running around messing everybody up and Captain America's shield, sort of you see that go past him in slow motion and he tries to grab onto it and then it like <laughs> hurls him back into <laughs> the storage room where boxes fall on his head or something. Um, I that. And that, that was good. That had that nice little... Um, like it sort of had that hint, yeah. There, but they were drastically different characters in the uh, across the two films, as you would expect, I suppose. But when I liked, there was some fun playing with Quicksilver's that idea of Quicksilver perceiving time differently and yep. not like that because there was a scene that I really liked because of the dissonance of it, where he's just talking to everybody and then suddenly there's just like a bullet floating in front of his face, moving mm. slowly up, and it takes. And as he's looking at it going, what's that doing there? The camera eventually moves down to show you that there's someone below him shooting up and stuff. But his confusion is your confusion. As you're like, why the fuck is there just a bullet in Fighting space? Yeah. And then you sort of put it together that this, at his super speed perception, he's going like, oh, wait, what? You get this idea as soon as he's under threat, everything just slows down. He sort of figures stuff out. Yeah. So they did play it. Like, like it's a fun power set to, to play with yeah. uh, in a film. Uh, and that was yeah, I really liked him. But I, and I liked him and Scarlet Witch. This reinvention of them as sort of like uh, just angry fucking Romanian teenagers uh, hating on Tony Stark because yeah. one of his missiles blew up their village. Indeed, uh, and they're I think they're turning at the end where they uh, leave Ultron and and come to join the good guys and and help in the climactic battle, which has got what twelve? It's pretty bad characters shape. all fighting a swarm of robots. Yeah. Pretty pretty intense stuff, um, but it's a believable thing. It's not. It doesn't come across as oh well. We've got to have them switch sides because that's how it works. Mm. What drives them, and when they understand what's happening, and and you sort of come to the realization with them in a way, and you go oh yeah, of course they're gonna try and make amends. Yeah, now and and they do good things, and it plays into because. I really liked Ultron's motivation in this, and they sort of talk about it overtly where. Um, he's not really emotionally prepared to admit that he just wants to fucking salt the earth and destroy everything. But mm. that's actually what he wants. 
His plan, and this is not really a spoiler, but his plan is to basically build a rocket under a town and then fly it into the air and then drop it on the earth, causing yeah. a mass extinction event. Like a, like a man-made media, which is pretty boss. Yeah. Uh, I liked that. I thought yeah. that was cool. What I liked, because it's this idea, you see, and it's another thing that upsets the internet cry brigade, where <laughs> the confusion between... <laughs> Internet like, Cry Brigade. Yeah, it's going to be the you, name of my autobiography. You heard it here, pansies. <laughs> but you know how uh, there's a difference between bad writing and bad characters? Yes. If that makes sense. Like, I think I understand. Uh, I am kind of dumb. Like, <laughs> but I think I'm on board. But the idea that Ultron, for example, just like he, he's driven by a desire to like create peace. He doesn't have any faith in humanity. Um in his, he's created this philosophy in his brain about how he wants to help humanity evolve, and and that that the end point of that is that he's going to wipe everybody out. But he's not prepared to say that out loud. Mm. And even when people like look him in the fucking cyber eyes and say, <laughs> "You know, you're going to kill everyone, even you and everyone," and he's just like, oh, "But nah," <laughs> <laughs> like you can feel. Uh, like I've already seen criticism of that with people going like, oh, well, his plan doesn't make sense. Like he doesn't – he why would he not admit that he wants to do it? I'm like, My response to that is, your face doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> because he's as flawed – like it, it's, it's really nicely – he's as flawed as a person. It makes him – that's his most human characteristic, his ability yeah. to go like, well, I want to do this. And you're like, but that will end like this. Nah. So people are, oh, we'll put my head in the virtual sand over that. Yeah, yeah. We just don't want any refugees in Australia. Well, that <laughs> means they have to die elsewhere. Nah, though. <laughs> well, topical. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry. Right. The end. Did uh, you? Have, I should say. Oh God. Well, I just want to. It's been going for a very long time. <laughs> I just want to ask you how many stars you're going to give it, I just, so you can give me a typically convoluted, ridiculous answer. All right. Ask me how many stars. No, no, I no, no. It. Say your thing. Well, my only. It's, it's hard because as soon as we walked out of this film, I sort of felt weird. Well, that's probably because I dropped trowel, was <laughs> delicately stroking it behind you. That's true. Um, because it did, it's, and it's funny, like as I walked out of it, I was like, I don't know exactly. I love that. I loved all the bits in that film, but I don't know how I felt about it as a film. And it's just it, as time goes on, I just love it more. It felt a little bit uh, non-cohesive when we mm. first left, I think. But again, there's so much. Like we've been talking about this for 50 minutes now <laughs> and we haven't even talked about absolutely everything that's in it. Yeah. It's just a massive, massive piece of a much more massive puzzle. How many puzzle stars? Uh, I feel like I want to give it like four stars. Yeah, that's a, that's a good... You're not going to give some sort of wacky answer or... <laughs> No, something there. Well, because I, uh, I just, I didn't know. I was like, "There's too much shit in this film." You can feel bits where it's been like cut down to the bone. There's certain plot lines and stuff. Getting back to the the masturbation yeah, jokes, yeah, where it's really shafted by the erection. I cut it down to the bone when I got home. I was so excited. <laughs> like I feel like the the cut between. Ultron shambling out in a like a, a really fucked up thing and then the next time you see him he's a fully assembled mega body. Like I, I I don't know why I was expecting more iterations as he went along. Uh and the bit with there's a subplot where Thor goes into the cave and stuff which feels like there should be more Yeah, so we didn't even get to that. Substance. There's just a Good few grief. different bits and pieces in this where I'm like I just I feel like there's two beats missing out of that thing. So 
you do you can feel bits of it where it's like setting up different bits and pieces of the next fucking 20 movies and stuff but having said all that like there is no bit of this movie that I did not want in the movie and most of it made me like collapse so hard that now I don't have any fingers it's like that's true ladies and gentlemen there's two bloody stumps exactly uh, so I think I fucking loved it. I think it's, I think it's great. <laughs> what was well, your good. stars? Oh, look, I would give it... Uh, I'd probably give it four. 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 I'm going to go four. Four with a bullet slash question mark. Yes, indeed. No, I, look, I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm similar to you in that it, it, it felt a little bit like there were some bits that were all over the place. And yet there were no bits that you would take out. Mm. And you're probably in a position where there were no other bits that you could add in again without having to see a seven-hour film, which I'm not opposed to. Just putting it out there, Joss. You're going to put this shit out on eight Blu-ray discs? <laughs> I will watch the hell out of it. Well, to a Peter Jackson. I'm is on it, board. Is it on record on to board. say his first – I don't know if he said his first cut or his first script came in at like three and a half hours. Mm. And if that can be available somewhere, then I'm in. Yes. I've Shut up and take my money. I've rarely been this excited to immediately... Like, I would dearly like the opportunity to watch this film again quite soon. Um, well, fucking, I'm not doing anything after <laughs> this. You want to uh, wander down? Let's watch Avengers ten times in a row. Sounds good to me. Woo! Well. There you go, eh? That's, that's the end of that. That's it. Nailed it. I've been thinking about this next bit and how to uh, position it. Yeah. <laughs> As the bishop said to the actress. Still on the sex jokes. Wah, wah. And I don't know what the answer is. No, it's a bit weird. It is quite strange. Should we just... Uh, do it like a band-aid? Just throw it out there and just say, last episode. Boom. Sp- spoilers. Spo- <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to do the uh, podcast anymore. No, we're not. Because we've actually grown to hate each other. Yeah. Like Moss. <laughs> really? Ron Moss. Moss. That's where Ron you went? Moss. Oh. I'm sure he hates someone. I thought you just meant Moss. Probably got a song about it. I suppose if a rock loved Sun. It would hate it was, Moss. It would hate Moss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're much like the Sun. <laughs> exactly. And I am... Craggy like a rock. That's true. I've, this is—I don't know where it's this is broken going. down though, because we were talking about rock v moss, and you've made it rock v sun with oh. the moss intervening. Yikes! Maybe the moss. No, is well, the podcast. On. We were like the sun and a rock. Yeah, but now you've become quite mossy. It's true, <laughs> and so I hate you. I've become <laughs> well. I've become a lot like Kate Moss. You have. And that I'm an international uh, figure of um, allure. And you keep doing cocaine off my kitchen bench. It's delicious. Which is not cool, yep. to be fair. I get it in a little spoon is what yeah, I do. Chain-smoking maniac. Up, put it up my nose. Calling yourself a supermodel. I think we've just nailed it. I think we have. We've Look, done it for a long time. I think. I've had a do really you, good do time Do you reckon Da Vinci it? was just like, I've done the Mona Lisa. I'll just keep painting the same picture, though. <laughs> he was like, no. Nail this shit. Put it in the Louvre. Yeah. I'm out to do inventing of uh, a helicopter. And I think, artistically speaking, we are same level. <laughs> we are the culmination <laughs> of the Mona Lisa and a helicopter in one easy-to-consume podcast. It's true. <laughs> if you've ever, like, seen a helicopter go by, and as you're marvelling at the level of sort of engineering machinery skill, you like, notice you know, that the pilot is sort of looking at you and is she smiling or not? You can't be sure, but art, then that, my you, friend, You know is what level that is? Level 30. <laughs> level 30. 
Uh, so, in all seriousness, though, um, yeah, we, we kind of both feel a bit like we've uh, we've finished this. We've we've done what we wanted to to do, what we set out to do. It's very poignant that it's episode eighty-two, which is the year that we were born, and Indeed. thus the name level thirty. Uh, Favourite part of the last 82 episodes, other than all the wanking jokes that we've spent the last <laughs> hour making? Well, then I don't have an answer. <laughs> I think the, the really lame, embarrassing one was just hanging out and being like having an excuse to talk about nerdy shit every Yay. week for more than like a year and a half. It's been good. That was pretty good. It's been super nerdy. Being able to really just slag off DC over and over again. <laughs> it's been another delicious Start morsel. as you intend to finish. I mean, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, look, I'm a little bit disappointed. I was in Sydney on the weekend. Yep. At the weekend? On the weekend. During the weekend. Look, for the next few minutes at least, this is our podcast. Yeah, and you, you say whatever the fuck you and want. And if you don't like it... <laughs> You can stop listening. Ha ha. Like, uh, actually, this time. Uh, no, and I caught yeah, up with... You, uh, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I caught up with a uh, friend of the show, Dave. Yeah. And mentioned to him uh, on the on the proviso that he would keep it under wraps, that this was going to be the yeah, last yeah. episode we would do. Embargoed. Dave, strictly embargoed. Very embargoed. Yeah. All the embargoes. Mm-hmm. Dave was very upset because Dave had sort of had a bit of a... Um, hiatus from listening to the show and yeah. had very recently caught up and listened to the one where I suggested that if anybody would call you cookie, that I would send them a cookie. <laughs> and Dave had bought a tin of cookies Shit. to send to me so that I could hand them out to people Incredible. who called you cookie. And I was like, last show. And he was like, oh man, oh. I just bought you a giant tin of cookies that you I'm not going to post to you now. Covered in crumbs. Cookie crumbs <laughs> all in his moustache. Oh, I just don't think I could handle cookie. Like no. I'm not, I'm not. It's not a it's good name for me. Um, agree to disagree. I, I should guess. just be the accused. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, after this, we're going to do other things. Like I'm going into space, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm. Uh, I probably might start watching Game of Thrones. Perhaps you should. No, no, not happening. Not oh, happening well. at all. Should watch. I'm, I'm going to have to watch Daredevil again, just because it was so good. Yeah. Should we, really just, should we just make this Easter egg just a 30-minute conversation about Daredevil? Yeah. <laughs> just to ultra good, troll man. people. The best thing that show's done is the characterization of Kingpin. It's Indeed. really humanized Agreed. him beyond the comics. Dion of Oh, he's so good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not how you say his it. Name. That's how that you say it. sounds like if you turned him into a pizza that was also had bolognese no, on it. No, that's how you say it if you're the speech simulator <laughs> on uh, OS Ten. Yeah, which is who you'll be doing the podcast with. <laughs> Actually, this is a con on I might me. Try that. You've told me that the podcast is over next week. My phone would just bleep. Well, I could bring out JT uh, in the box. Hello. I, I could bring out Augusto again to to uh, co-host. I also love drone. That's right. I, look, I, honestly, JT. and and this is not even a joke. I'm going to miss the fact that drone news, which was <laughs> such a. Like it's such a throwaway thing when we initially started talking about it. Got yeah. to a point where people were tweeting and posting Facebook articles and the hashtag bleep blop bloop became a thing. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm going to leave, uh, leave the Twitter account and the Facebook page up yeah. just so people can keep posting drone news. Just to, and just to look, keep I'll, the bloop alive. <laughs> I'll see you all again during the drone apocalypse. It was the most... As you die under fiery death lasers of our overlords... <laughs> I could say I do like the absurdity that uh, the only enduring 
like actual thing that this podcast ever <laughs> the only recurring segment ever was drone news. <laughs> the apocalypse no is reason. coming. <laughs> Everything else that we tried we lost interest in, but for some reason drone news just carried on. Uh even sky tax. It burned brightly and then I just uh, you know Maybe that could be one of our uh, our future projects. We should, should finally get create sky tax. Yeah. I actually yeah. got an email today to say that uh I can get a four K camera drone. <laughs> <laughs> For $2,000, which I think is a worthwhile investment, all things considered. Surely, uh, it's a good gimmick, like the first web series shot entirely from a, like a drone's eye view. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I like it. It's on message. It is. But it was like the, the drone news thing was the most obvious uh, symptom of the fact that this did, like against all odds, grow beyond you and I talking shit in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I did not... It's a little mark on the world. Yeah, I did not honestly anticipate anyone listening and interacting. And it was really... Like to anyone who has ever listened to this show, it was really awesome. Thank you so much. I've had a really... So, so much. We've made so many friends and quite a few people that we don't really like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're not going to say who they are, but just if we keep talking to you, we like you. And if we don't, uh, it was always just us being polite <laughs> for hits. <laughs> And they were never seen again by anyone. But I think before you press start... Oh, look at you. This is the first time you've actually interrupted me from pressing the space bar. No. Never mind. I was about to launch into the Golden Girls theme. But we probably don't have to do that. We could, though. We could. Do you know the words? Uh, yeah, because uh, here's a story. Every time... You know when you're in an office... Yeah. And people... I do that every day. Yeah, yeah. You know when people leave the workforce... Yes. And for some... And off, and there's, <laughs> I don't know where this is going. And there's an industry in those enormous novelty going away carts. Like, people leaving a job is the only pillar in the, that's supporting the industry of giant going away carts. Yes. No yep. other form of life does this. Mm. Uh, even when you graduate, you do it in the form of a stuffed bear for some reason. And everyone <laughs> rushes to sign the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was at the paper in Broken Hill call for, this ten episode bear. <laughs> for 10 years, every time uh, someone left, I would write out all the lyrics of the Golden Girls theme. Ah, so you do know it. Yep. Should we bring it in? And uh, if you threw a party. That's not how it starts. Well, I don't know how it starts. It starts with, thank you for being a friend. Wow. Travel down the road <laughs> and back again. <laughs> Fuck this up. Heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. Wah, wah, wah. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> and if you threw a party and invited everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be from me and the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Level 30, podcast yeah. over forever. So that was a thing. Indeed.